Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Please be seated. This weekend, my wife Jo is in Montreat, North Carolina, leading, helping to lead a Presbyterian's women conference, which means I can talk about her because she's not here. Her family knew very early on that she was going to be a gymnast. And they knew because when, when she was very young, three years old in fact, uh, my mother-in-law, Sylvia, was at, at the, the kitchen, uh, at the kitchen sink, looking out the window. And she sees that Joe, had, had three years old, had climbed to the top of the swing set. You remember the metal cylinder wooden swing sets? Um, had climbed to the top of the swing set and begun to walk across. I, I don't mean like sort of army crawl that any of us would do. I mean, Sylvia looked out the wind, kitchen window and saw three-year-old Joe fully on top of the beam just kind of walking across and not thinking anything about it. Well, imagine that for a minute, right? You're looking at your three-year-old child doing this number, and you realize that there is nothing that you can do in that moment. Because if she, in a moment of wonderful instinct, realized that if she ran out the door and said, Joanna, get down from there, then suddenly, Joe, who was, had no idea what she was doing, but didn't know that she had no idea what she was doing, so was completely in the zone and just sort of walking across, um, what was likely to happen if, if her mother poked out the door and said, oh my gosh, you're in danger, she would have said, what? And all of a sudden, the spell would be broken, and she'd have crashed down and could have, could have really gotten hurt. Well, uh, the good news is, she did make it across the beam successfully, uh, and she did become a competitive gymnast. And I assure you that story is retold every time the family gets together. And for my money, it sticks the landing every single time. Does this sound just a little bit like Peter when he's walking on the water? completely, inexplicably in the zone, lost in a moment of surrender until he hears the wind and gets afraid and suddenly becomes self-aware, but not in the good way, right? He thinks of himself, and before you know it, the spell is broken. Unlike with Joe, the spell is broken, and he crashed, begins to crash down in the water. And, and Jesus curiously almost, almost reprimands him. That's too strong a word, but there's a little bit of a pushback. Peter, you of little faith, why, why did you doubt? Well, before we, we dig into this question of, of why Peter's faith was not strong enough to double as a flotation device, let's step back just a little bit to look at why Peter was out there 
trying to walk across the water in the first place. Now, think about the disciples there in that boat. If, if you know anything about being out on the water, and here right next to Lake Erie, we know this well, that conditions on the water can change very quickly. Winds can pick up. Storms can roll in seemingly out of nowhere, just like in life. If you are betting on permanence or stability or comfort, I would argue that you're either fooling yourself or you're getting those things at someone else's expense. Life is as precarious as it is precious. It is volatile, and a crisis can hit us at any moment. And when it did, when it struck the disciples, they were there in the boat, they were far from the shore. They were unmoored. They were deeply vulnerable. And they, they could not pretend that the storm wasn't happening. It was there. It was real. Their lives were in danger. And they were afraid. They were afraid because they knew that the storm could very well send them to the bottom of the sea. Yet Jesus hears them. And Jesus begins to walk towards them, coming to meet them exactly where they are. That's, that's, what I, that's the core of this story. Jesus, the miracle, Jesus walks across the water to be with them in a moment of absolute fear. In this passage, by the way, Jesus doesn't calm the sea until later when he actually gets into the boat. That, that actually is not the core part of this passage. He simply comes to be with them. And when he does, he says, it's me. Do not be afraid. Jesus is here. Do not be afraid. But then, uh, true to form, Peter does something that is just a little bit odd. We skip past that part because walking on the water is a lot flashier. That gets our attention. But that happens, Peter walking across the sea, that happens not because Peter has to sort of run, wants to run to thank Jesus, right? Right? Splash, 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 hug. That's not what that was. It happened because Peter, um, Peter doubts that Jesus standing there before him is actually Jesus. He doubts his eyes. He doubts that Peter's, that Jesus' presence can indeed save them. And all that is actually normal and, and human. We're all going to feel that along the way. But then Peter says, and this is odd, Lord, if it's really you, command me to walk on the water. That's kind of a big ask, isn't it? I mean, is that, that we, weren't we just scared for our lives half a second ago? I'm sure you've, you've heard of the urban legends of fatal human stunts that were preceded by the phrase, hold my beer, right? This, this is Peter's hold my beer moment, 
where he says, you know, Lord, if it's really you, invite me out onto the water and I'll, and I'll, and I'll do the thing. Because Jesus, he, Peter dares Jesus to perform a miracle of proof, which, and I cannot stress this enough, was never actually necessary. Was never actually necessary. Jesus was already on his way to the boat to say, do not be afraid, I am here. You of little faith, why did you doubt? So St. Paul this morning, he talks a little bit about faith, and he ties it to something called righteousness. Moses, he says, tells us that righteousness comes from the law, but Paul says that righteousness comes from faith. Good bit later on, Karl Barth reminded us, though, that this was not a replacement theory, nor was it even an evolution of what righteousness really is. He said these are the same. These are the same righteousness because they are God's righteousness. Now, I know that that is a very heavy word to us. It has, uh, in our, in our t- day and time, the word righteous has picked up shades of, of judgment and hypocrisy, and we've certainly been around people who are self-righteous. Uh, but the word simply means right ways. It means right manners. I, I would call righteousness the goodness of God that we experience and embody. The goodness of God that we experience and, and embody. It means God's ways. Ways that we receive as gift and as expressions of who God is, expressions of God's being, which we do our best to enact ourselves. The law helps us to get there. Faith helps us to get there. But before we get back to Peter, whose lack of faith when walking on the water might seem like an impossible test. I mean, we say to Peter, you have little faith, why do you doubt? Um, Good news, we have a bus waiting on Euclid. We're now going to go down to the Cuyahoga and see who can walk across. Right? Who wants to go first? Raise your hand. It, it's really not a reasonable test. If that's what faith is, oh my goodness. Um, rather, Paul says that righteousness comes from faith that does not feel the need. That does not feel the need to ascend to heaven to bring Christ down or to descend into the abyss to bring Christ up. It's faith that can be in the boat and see God walking towards you and realizing in your heart that that is enough. This kind of faith means knowing that that God is not only, only to be found at the end of a hero's journey, but that God is already right here with us. When the storm is rising and the boat beneath us is far from shore, when our lives are turned upside down, when we don't know what tomorrow holds, when we don't know what the next hour will hold. The word, Paul says, is 
already near you, on your lips and in your heart. Faith, faith means knowing that you don't have to climb the mighty mountain. Um, mountains are great. But you don't have to be, what are those cartoons in The New Yorker where the hiker goes up and the guru is sitting there to kind of tell them everything they need to know? That's actually not our faith. God is already with us before we begin that hike. It means knowing that we do not create the circumstances in which God is made known. No matter how carefully we assemble our church bulletins. Bart writes, the church may refine its liturgy, popularize its technical language, educate its clergy, yield hurriedly to the demands of the laity. He must have gotten a bad email that day. Approximate more closely to the spirit of the age, to romanticism, liberalism, nationalism, or socialism, may in fact bring Christ into the picture, but when he is brought into the picture, it is discovered that we cannot introduce him thus, either by bringing him down or by bringing him up. We don't need to go looking for Christ to bring him into our hearts or to bring him back to church or to prove his existence to those who have not yet met him. Christ is already in those places coming to us, saying, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter, had he had just a little more faith, wouldn't have needed to defy gravity because Jesus was already walking across the water towards him. Faith calls us to retrace our steps back towards miracle and surrender and the impossible possibility which is beyond our observation, which is beyond our categorization, even retracing our steps backwards across the water, splash, 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 and back into the boat to ask once again, Peter, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Not, not why did you splash into the water, because we know we all would have done that, but rather, why didn't you have just a little bit of faith in the first place when I said, I'm here. Do not be afraid. It's a new story of righteousness. Not only through the law or through the gift of belief, but one that involves surrender and release and trust in the presence of God. Not to fix things, not to make things perfect, not to walk on water, or even to always calm the storm, but rather to see and know that Christ is with us and has walked towards us through the storm and across the water to be with us in this moment amid these waves and amid these winds. And that is the measure of faith that casts out fear and indeed changes our world. Amen.